0: Uh, I wonder if you've noticed recently there's been a lot of road closures, uh, many of us have struggled to get to school on time, uh, the floods have made things a bit tricky, getting to and from school hasn't been that normal easy glide across uh, the gobba that we're used to. Uh, for our family we've had to get from Estella to Northwagga Public every morning, but our easy little slip road has been blocked off with the water. Normally we would just kind of blindly drift on autopilot for the five minute drive each morning there and back. But last week we had to really sit down and plan out our route. We had to navigate the twists and turns through Bowman, dodge all the potholes. It wasn't easy. But we eventually made it to uh, school. And I think that's kind of how we view life, isn't it? We think that some people just seem to have it easy. They just breeze along on the highway of life, a, a boulevard of green lights. And then there are some people who do it tough. They have to trudge through cruel detours, setbacks, jams, and potholes all through their life. But how do we often comfort ourselves when we think about that? We often usually think, well, whether you take the easy path or the hard path, we all get to the same place in the end, the same destination, some sort of eternal peace or something hopeful over the horizon. But as we come towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, that's not how Jesus sees things. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, here's what he has to say about the path we take. Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. Jesus does speak of two different roads here, doesn't he? A broad, easy one you can travel down, or a narrow, difficult one. But they do not lead to the same place. One leads to destruction, and the other leads to life. Those are clearly not the same thing. They are starkly different options to have to choose from. And so Jesus is calling us to a choice here. As I said, we are getting close to the end of this Sermon on the Mount, And all year we have been getting glimpses of what life looks like in the kingdom of heaven and Jesus has just turned everything upside down. Every expectation that we might have had about what a hashtag blessed life looks like has been turned on its head by Jesus. He says that poverty, mourning, hunger and suffering, these have been held up as the path to blessing. Sacrificing all your comforts, all your pride for the sake of caring for those who might actually hate you, well, he says, this is what we must endure if we want to enter the kingdom of heaven. And now as the sermon closes, well, Jesus is finished mapping out what the kingdom of heaven is like and is now urging us to decide whether we're going to enter it. Jesus speaks of gates, a narrow one and a wide one. And the wide gate seems to be the default option. Many go through it. Jesus says because it leads to a wide open road it is like gliding on a four-lane highway there's no real bends just straight driving with the cruise control on it's the path that people take because it seems the most obvious option just like when you say hey Siri give me directions to so and so it's always going to go for what is going to get you there in the most direct and obvious manner And part of Siri's decision is actually based on an algorithm of the most travelled routes that other cars have taken previously. See, Jesus is urging us not to just click our lives onto cruise control here. We don't just want to whack the noise-cancelling headphones on and drown out Jesus' offer of life. Because if we do, we'll just wheel down that wide road and it ends in more than a car wreck, it ends in destruction, Jesus says. And when the opposite of destruction here for Jesus is life, well, then destruction is not just a few dings and dents. It's death. It's to miss out on that kingdom of heaven. So enter through the narrow gate, Jesus urges us. How narrow is that gate, he says, and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. Now, that isn't that encouraging for us either, is it? I mean, Jesus, if you don't want us to drive to destruction... Now you're telling us that even if we choose to enter through the narrow gate, it's very difficult to find it in the first place, and it's treacherous to walk along. How can that be? The word that's translated difficult up there on the screen is often used in the context of being attacked or oppressed. So why is this narrow gate so impossibly difficult? Well, because entering it and not stumbling off the narrow path along the way, it means living out the entire sermon that we have covered this year from Jesus. Here's a summary so far of what that means. It means being insulted, lied about, having every kind of evil said about you. It means not breaking even the littlest of the commandments in the Bible. It means never calling anyone a fool or a moron or even being angry with them. Uh, It means never thinking an impure sexual thought, never breaking your word, never getting back at anyone, loving those who hate you, never boasting about your generosity or your virtuous living. It means relying totally on God to provide everything that we need always. It means never judging anyone else. Doesn't sound particularly promising for us, does it? So how can we hope to enter through the narrow gate? Well, we need Jesus. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus explains, I am the gate, he says. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And they will come in and go out and find pasture. We'll find life when we enter through Jesus, the narrow gate. To enter the narrow gate is to enter into a relationship with him. But it's not just an, oh yeah, Jesus is all right, I guess. He seems like a good bloke. That's just a cruisy, lazy, wide-open road approach to Jesus. Now, he's calling us to take his sermon very seriously, to accept that he really is the King and the Lord who saves and rules, and to enter into a relationship with him means following him down that narrow path. And we can follow him because he's already walked it. Jesus never had a cruel thought, spoke a cruel word or broke his word never fought back or backed out of loving those who hated him, never boasted about keeping God's commandments, even though he kept all of them. Instead, he endured the insults, the attacks, and every kind of evil that could be done against him. And he endured that until he suffered the destruction that all of us on the wide road should have suffered, and he crashed down into death. But death was just a detour for Jesus. He burst back to life so that he could open that narrow gate that leads to life, making it possible for us all to walk down. It won't always be easy. It's a narrow path after all. And in our last few chapels, we're gonna be thinking practically about what treading that path looks like. But for now, I'm gonna leave you with a quote from somebody who knew this difficult path all too well. This is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Year 11 have been learning about him in Christian studies and he faced a firing squad right towards the end of World War II, because he chose to walk the narrow path following Jesus in Nazi Germany, a nation that had turned its back on Jesus and committed unspeakable evil. And soon before Bonhoeffer was executed, he wrote these words reflecting on our passage from today. He said, As long as I recognise this road as the one I'm commanded to walk and try to walk it in fear of myself, well, it is truly impossible. But if I see Jesus Christ walking ahead of me, step by step, if I look only at him and follow him step by step, then I will be protected on this path. I pray this is the path that you choose to tread as you follow Jesus.